You're listening to The Forum Daily. Welcome to The Forum Daily. It is Monday, the 11th of May. My name is Luke Betger. With me here, Brandon Richardson. We are lead pastors at Slate Church. Good morning, Brandon. Good morning. Uh, we woke up to snow today. Yeah, actually, you got your uh, date wrong. It's uh, January 2nd, 2020. <laughs> Might as well be. Yep. Might as well be. I mean, um, look, the world's dealing with coronavirus. Next, we have murder hornets. Now we have uh, snow in the middle of May. What do you think is next? <laughs> a tsunami uh, from Lake Ontario. <laughs> Lake Ontario tsunami and a Blue Mountain eruption. Turns out it was a dormant volcano. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> You know, there's not much that would surprise me right now. Uh, now that like all of the nerves are sh- are shot, yeah. Blue Mountain being a volcano <laughs> might be the most most ridiculous thought in the world. I would love that. It would be. I mean, okay. Let's say it's like a mild eruption. Nobody dies. Yeah, nobody dies. Of it course. just goes off into into the water there. I think it would become a better attraction than it currently yes. is. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's like, funny. It's a decent uh, ski hill now, and you know it's beautiful and all this other stuff. If it was a volcano, there would be like way more people going. If you live uh, somewhere that's not in Ontario, you don't know what Blue Mountain is. Uh, first of all, it's uh, more like Blue Hill. It's not a mountain. And no. I'm just going to assume if you live somewhere else that you live closer to an actual mountain than we do. And uh, so... Just, just trust us on this one. Yep. Yeah, I think it would. It's the major ski hill in our area. Yeah, and that's saying something about the yeah. fact that we really don't live near mountains here. No, no, we're uh, we're in the flatlands. Yeah, we're we're mountainless, fat flatlands, badlands. Someone in Saskatch- uh, Saskatchewan's like, what? I almost said we're the fatlands. <laughs> Come on, P H A T. That's right. Come on, the cool lands. That's right. Um, yeah, uh, you know they could still have hot springs. In fact, they'd be even yeah. better. Yeah, totally. So, uh, like the Scandinav Spa that's there, I think it would benefit if it was a volcano. It would actually be a better thing. Yep. And uh, I'm all for it. I'm going to petition to get this thing going. <laughs> yep. Somehow <laughs> dig a, you know, some sort of trench in the earth in the Earth's crust. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, let's make it happen. Listen, I was reading the newspaper this morning. I came across an article that is right in your wheelhouse. Were you reading it uh, physically no, or on your iPad? No. Uh, Only because of social distance. I like the idea of reading it physically. But, I do too. Uh, I, like, I feel like that tactile quality. I feel like I would sit down with it in a different way. Uh, it's funny when stuff's on your phone, it's very disposable. Very disposable. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think we mused on this, not on the Daily Forum, but some other place. Mm-hmm. But when... Uh, you know, we moved from all of these like physical things that you did with your hands, yeah, to it all being on your phone, yeah. Your kids interpret it all the same. That's true. They just see you on your phone, and I'm like, hold on a second. Like, yeah. if I'm sitting down here catching up on what's happening in the world, like my dad did every day, <laughs> uh, you know, I wish I had an actual newspaper so you knew knew I'm not ignoring you. Yeah. Which my dad wasn't either. It's just like, oh, he's being a man. You know, he's, he's reading the paper, the morning paper. Yeah. And yeah, I, I remember I remember reading the paper as like a teenager. <laughs> we sound so old here. Like when I would eat my breakfast, my cereal, I yeah. grabbed the newspaper, the Waterloo Same. Region record that was delivered every day to our door. Yep. And I'd flip through. And honestly, none of it really mattered to me. I didn't really care about any of no. it. But like it was something to look at. Well, 
Yeah, like I remember those days before a phone. It's like I just needed something to look at, you know, while I was reading the paper, uh, while you're in the bathroom, you know, like remember those yeah. days where yeah. it's like uh, people had like stacks of magazines and, you know, so newspapers true. in the bathroom. Doesn't happen anymore. No, the, let's bring it back. Yeah, I, I'm down. So what's this article? Okay, so the article, I, I saw this come up and I'm like, I was wondering if maybe you had written it. I didn't know. <laughs> now um, I'm very intrigued. The article is called Comfort Viewing, Three Reasons I Love Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> so okay. yeah, the totally. guy the guy who wrote it, um he talks, oh, man. He talks he talks about the fact that uh that fifteen years ago he was in like a very hip, very trendy record store okay. and uh in West Hollywood. And he didn't find any music he liked, but he did see sitting on the shelf a DVD, season one, Little House on the Prairie. Yep. He's like, I got to get this. He picked it up. He went to the counter. He was very embarrassed that the very cool store clerk was going to be checking him out. Uh, not checking him out, but like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, uh, and so he was very, you know, kind of embarrassed about that. And uh, anyways, uh, he says, basically, I don't care. Uh, he just doubles down. He's not going to be embarrassed about this. And he gives three reasons why he loves Little House on the Prairie. He says the simplicity, yep. the self-sufficiency, and the sentimentality. Now, uh, little known fact, listeners, um, Brandon is a Little House on the Prairie fan. Did you know that Little House on the Prairie fans have a name? I didn't. What are we called? Bonnet heads. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's not offensive at all. <laughs> um. I felt like, yeah, maybe you'd be able to relate to this guy a little bit on your little house on the prairie um, enjoyment. Totally. Well, I just looked it up. And uh, as you know, and the reason you brought this up, yeah, I purchased the whole little house on the prairie. The whole season, thing. The whole thing. And on my Apple TV here, it says, uh, get more episodes. Not possible, Apple TV. I bought them all. <laughs> Did so, you buy the hidden episodes, the bootleg versions? The Let's see. Uh, <laughs> let's see. No, it's like you, you're up to date. You got them all. I got them all. Um, and uh, you know what? I have uh, I have 204 episodes. Mm -hmm. And these aren't like modern day shows where they're like 20 minutes, 20 minutes long. And you're like, you can uh, quickly get through it. Right. Uh, we've got an average episode time of 48 minutes. Dang. Okay. Let's round that to an hour just for uh, conversation's sake. Let's 204 hours of Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, we're uh, we're getting up to nine straight days without sleep watching Little House on the Prairie. I think you should. That should be your quarantine thing. That should my th yeah. That should be my thing for quarantine. You should go nine days no sleep watching the show. <laughs> Done. <laughs> you, you know, here's the thing. I I agree with this list uh, to your original question. Yeah, because uh, you know my my I grew up without a TV. I know this is like the fourth time I've said this on the on the on the <laughs> daily forum now, but uh, it's a big part of my life because everybody did, and I was you know in many ways proud that we didn't. Yeah. Uh, but when we did get a TV, it's like wow, like uh, the Richardsons are really stepping up. The only thing we were allowed to watch was <laughs> Little House on the Prairie. Oh <laughs> it's gosh. like you can get a TV yeah. to watch the way that we should be. Right. You know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, no. I think, uh, and one of the things he outlines in the article, like when it comes to, uh, you know, really just kind of the simpl simplicity and self-sufficiency and all this stuff of it, it's like a plot line is like, uh, I don't even know what the dad's name is, Pa something. Yeah, Anyways, yeah. um, well, it's he, Michael Landon, but I, yeah, that's, I do know that, uh, 
let's call him Pa. And it's the idea that like the whole plot of an episode is like Pa throughout his back, he injured himself. Now he's not he's not going to yeah. be able to <laughs> he's not going to be able to move all those heavy bags of grain. He's going to default on his loan. It's going to mean ruin for the family forever. And then, you know, the whole community bands together to help him out move this, the sacks of grain. This is literally episode four. Is it really? <laughs> yes. Okay, well, so then this is what is being described here. And it's like <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, so um they figured it out. Like yeah. it, it's funny how like in times as complicated as these, and you know, we oh, get caught yeah. up in the politics of everything and the opinions of everything, and everybody's got an idea and this and that. It's like, oh, just have to move some bags of grain from here to there. <laughs> and it's so simple. And I understand how that can be escapism for people. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I would add to his list, because I watch it for the same thing, uh, self-sufficiency. I love the idea and I still do. Um, if I wasn't pastoring and had any reason to love people, yeah, I would totally be living in the middle of nowhere by myself. <laughs> off the grid. Off the grid. Totally. And I would be a weird hippie dude. Sure. And I have, you know, I have so much respect for people that do that. Because it's actually more difficult to do than than I think we think it is. Probably. You know? But uh, so I like self-sufficiency. I like the simplicity. Absolutely. And then nostalgia. Uh-huh. Absolutely. You know, Emma uh, watches it along with me and her list would be a little bit different. Her list would just be one thing, uh, that she wants to be Mennonite. You know, I really think she does. <laughs> I remember growing up, obviously I'm as my sister. And mm-hmm. while we're alike in many ways, this is an area where we have never overlapped no. I remember Emma would, um, you know, we'd go out and visit like uh, kind of distant cousins on their farm. Yep. And as soon as Emma got there, she would like kick off her shoes and just be running around like she's got like like she's got those leathery feet of a country <laughs> child. And she'd just be like running on the stone gravel laneways and stuff like that. And I remember I tried to do it and my feet hurt so bad I couldn't I had to put shoes back on I was like this is not the life for me obviously but Emma would be like playing in the hay bales she'd have like cats under her arm they'd be crawling over her they'd be like uh you know and I was kind of like when can we go back home I want to play my Nintendo 64 (laughs) and uh so I remember from a young age Emma would be doing this it was funny she'd always have this transformation she would put like a, a bandana on her head the way that like, uh, you know, like a man yeah, yeah. might wear a bandana and uh, and uh, she would just transform herself. And then she was really into horseback riding and all of this other farm stuff. And I mean, to this day, like you guys go to the Royal every yeah. like, November or yeah. whenever it is the Royal uh, Winter Fair, like an agricultural fair in Toronto. Yep. And uh, good for her. I think it's like a it's like a. <laughs> I think, you know, a lot of kids grew up wanting to be like star athletes and and all of these things. I think she just wanted the simple life. She, yeah, and uh, we, I didn't provide it for her. It's, uh, it's not too late. It's not too late. And honestly, we probably still, we both dream of that. So, well, one day. I could see that. I could see Emma. Yeah. Um, I, here's what I could see. I know you guys have three kids now. If you really want to go into that life, you're going to have to have a handful more. And uh, yep. I could really see Emma, I mean... She ba- even last night. I know she baked an incredible apple pie. Like it's in her. <laughs> yeah, and I could see all your kids run around on your property. They're probably in the barn. They built a fort in the hay bales. And I could see Emma coming out of the kitchen with her apron on, ringing a big old bell, <laughs> and like uh, giving her like a supper call. And all the kids come running from like every corner, <laughs> and they sit down at the table and have some good home baked potatoes and totally. meat. Uh, you know, really uh, uh, salt of the earth kind of food. And uh, I could see that. Well, you've convinced me. 
I mean, the only reason we're watching Little Ass on the Prairie to begin with at all is uh, market research, you know? (laughs) It's like, okay, you know, studying up. Might as well. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I, I really enjoy that show. Well, I I wonder if it's... uh, If we would ever see, like, a big, massive comeback. Do you think if they remade it today, it would be the same? Uh, Yeah. I do. I think that the this you would lose the simplicity part. Yeah, maybe. Um, I just think it's not only simplistic. It's not only uh, all the other things we talked about, but there's an element that obviously filmmaking has gotten a little bit better. Right. And so it's yeah. At parts, it's actually quite hokey. Yeah. yeah. And so I think if uh, I mean if you did a reboot of it, I think you would just yeah. For some reason, these things catch on. Yeah, I think it would be like a you know a downton, but of right, you know, while people were settling, yeah, and it could be really interesting. And I think they could uh, hype the drama even more to meet where we're at today with yeah. all of the shows that we. Yeah. I think it would go over really well. I think it could work, man. I think that's an interesting. We should do it. Uh, go for it, dude. Well, no, with you. No, I don't want it. I'm <laughs> just kidding. You we'll bring it. Tim Hutchison in with it. Sure, he can. He can. He can do the whole thing. Um, we'll make lots of money. I think, uh, I, I think though, sometimes the hokiness is part of the charm of it. Yeah. Oh, so for, oh, for sure. It would, it would be like a very, like a, a kind of a different expression of it. it could be good, but it's funny when you watch some of these old shows and I mean, it, they are all so hokey, but that's, what's great about them. Mm-hmm. I can remember, uh, I used to watch Batman and Robin, like the one from, I guess it's the sixties okay. and, uh, Man, like you look at clips of it now, it's the most hokey thing you've ever seen. It's like, how was this even ever on TV? Like, I can't imagine that even <laughs> at the time it seemed realistic, right? And it's funny how like audiences like crave something different. Like nobody wanted like, uh, you know, some guy getting punched and his teeth flying out of his mouth and spitting out blood and like a yeah, yeah, terrible yeah. dark thing. It was just nice. And so I remember watching it when I was like five years old and it was just like a fun thing. <laughs> And uh, I, I mean, it's a far cry from like the Dark Knight or the right. you know, the Batman of today. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like dark, gritty Gotham. Yeah. Yep. Um, no, it was this like uh, you know really quite innocent Batman wearing spandex. Uh, yeah. uh, he's not really like all that fit and uh, all of these other things, but it was a hit. It was great. Well, in competition, it would have been quite low. Yeah, that's true. You know, if yeah. you want to come up with a new style of show or whatever, it's like, well, this is unprecedented. You do whatever you want, people are going to watch it. That's true. That's true. But uh, now, I mean, you put that out against the Dark Knight, people are like, what is this? You know, <laughs> there's no nostalgia in it. So no. it's just like, okay, you got to step up your game if you want to be a filmmaker. Yeah, that's a good point. It's, yeah. a, it's a really good point. And I, I wonder, like, do you think it's harder today to be like a filmmaker or a creator than it was back then? Or do you think that there's just different challenges? Yeah. I mean, I think the infrastructure is probably there to allow you to like do as much as what you're doing. Yeah. Like you don't have to, I, I think this is like, even within the pastoral world, like, uh, you know, people will complain with well, things that could become more complex. You got to be all these things. You got to be this, you got to be that, you got to be this. It's like, well, at the, yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, I mean, you know, a hundred years ago, they didn't have planning center. Totally. So like, you know, to make sure everybody's take, been, being taken care of, uh, they didn't have these systems. Yeah. So as much as yes, you got to do all this stuff that people once did. I mean, there's systems to support it that we didn't even create. We just walked into. Yeah. So my guess is it would be the same for uh, like filmmakers. I like to think that we live in a world where, um, and of course, I think it's more nuanced than this, but where we live in a world where hard work 
um, and passion and dedication can get you somewhere. I understand like yeah, there's yeah. a lot of uh, sort of like serendipitous moments along the way yeah, yeah. of people you meet, et cetera, that really make a difference. But also sometimes I think that those those happen to more people than not. And it's yeah. just the people who like uh, see the opportunity in that that are able to like recognize, um, you know, oh that that conversation at that dinner that I have with that person, maybe I need to follow up with them. And like, you know, the ability to sort of uh, establish that sometimes. But I, I, I think, uh, yeah, I do think that there's opportunity that if, if there's like a young filmmaker today and they love what they do and they're passionate yeah. about it and they want to keep getting better and they're and they're good. Like there has to be just like at, on some level, there some has to just be level. talent. Yeah. Right. And it's like uh, I do think that in our world today, there's probably more avenues to um, get your work out there. Oh, I think so. You know, we, we both listen to this podcast called, uh, oh, it's blank. I'm, I'm blanking on it. Uh, Follow Startups, How I Made It, or no? Oh, yeah. Uh, how how, how I, I Made This. this. Every day. How I Made This. How I Made This? Yeah, I think so. I feel like that, that's how I built TV. This. How I Built This. Yeah. There was a TV show. How It's Made. How It's Made. Great I, show. That's what I was getting yeah. mixed up with. Um, How I Built This. And he always finishes every single episode with, um, how much would you attribute this to luck? Yeah. And how much of this would be attributed to hard work? And, you know, all these crazy, uh, you know, very, very successful people yep. uh, attribute a lot of what they went through and in, in, in the places that they got and the opportunities they had to luck. Yeah. Um, I've never heard, actually, an episode where the person said, oh, yeah, it was all hard work. Right. Um. But it's kind of like the person, I think, as you're listening to it, you're like, oh, I mean, that's a very humble thing to say. And and obviously, a lot of these, it's like, oh, yeah, well, if that crisis didn't happen there yeah, or yeah, yeah. that really, yeah, that, I mean, okay, we could proclaim that's luck. But it's like when you're watching a sport, we're watching The Last Dance. I know yeah. you guys are too. And uh, it's like, okay, so Michael Jordan, I mean, there's a lot of baskets where I'm sure people are like, oh, that was lucky, you know. But it takes somebody very talented to get lucky that amount of times. Yeah. And so I think, you know, obviously there's always going to be this, you know, yeah, uh, whatever, um, kind of like, we, you know, just hard work's not going to cut it for everybody. But uh, hard work is what provides these opportunities as well. Yeah, I think, uh, I think a lot of those moments, I think like a lot of people use that language of luck because it's just everybody can just kind of understand. People call it luck, fate, yeah. you know, it, whatever. Um, I think we would have even like as Christians a different idea of what it what it is. But yeah. But, sure. um, but I think it's like, if you haven't done the hard work to position yourself to be able to, um, like, I always hate the word take advantage. It sounds so bad. But uh, like, if you haven't done the work of the moment though, required yeah. to take advantage of the opportunity that's in front of you, yeah. like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And so I think like all these people, what's, uh, what's unique to them is that like, yes, they got lucky. You could say that, oh, the market happened to do this at that time or oh uh this business uh competitor happened to go under at this time whatever um if they hadn't done all the work that they had up to that point anyways doesn't matter yep. you know yeah so it's kind of it's kind of a weird balance all that stuff but but uh yeah i don't know i mean the moral of the story is if we just keep grinding it out yeah. working hard our podcast will be number one in the world at some point i'm seeing that I'm yeah, seeing that. Come on. I think we just get some real controversial people on here. Yep, totally. Uh, dude, I think if we had Elon Musk on here once, <laughs> we're good. That's all we got to do. <laughs> we're good. We're probably like two degrees of separation from him. I bet. Somewhere. I bet we're not so far. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, let's figure that out. I bet he would do something real crazy. We'd blow up on YouTube, blow up in the podcast space. We'd be there. <laughs> let's do it. We'll ask him about Little House on the Prairie. What do you think about it? Honestly, he probably watches it every day. He probably does. I, I heard it was inspiration for Tesla and SpaceX. Makes sense. So, anyways. Well, hey, let's end it there today. What a way to start the week, talking about Little House on the Love Prairie. It. It's amazing. Love Thanks it. for tuning in and listening, everybody. We appreciate you. We got a great week of episodes coming, so tune in again tomorrow. We will see you then. In the meantime, have an awesome rest of your day. Thanks for listening to The Forum Daily. Don't forget to check out Slate Church on our website at slatechurch.com and be sure to follow us on social media, on Instagram and on Facebook as well for all the updates that you need to know.